this special episode of Progressive Palaver, the group talks to Terry Day and John Ritwager of Total Mass Retain. A group of lifelong friends and appreciators of music discussing the greatest progressive rock bands album by album. I'm Joe Beauclair, and on this special episode of Progressive Palaver, I'm joined by my very good friend Ken Gregory and our new friends, my new friends at least, Terry Day and John Ritwager of Total Mass Retain. Hey guys, how you doing? Hey guys, thanks. <laughs> hey, thanks so much for joining the Palaver. So, uh, <laughs> at some point prior to this actual recording, Ken and I were discussing the fact that uh, the last time we talked to Total Mass Retain, we had the other three members of the band. So, so Terry, you and John then complete our set, as it were. Y- yes, indeed. Yeah. You're gonna get. You're gonna get the same. The same version. <laughs> <laughs> is is that the way it, it, it splits out? Okay. Yeah. And 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 we encourage listeners to scroll back through our many palavers to find Total Mass Retain, and you'll find uh, Joe Cass, uh, Joel Simkis, and uh, Mark Mark Gonzalez. So uh, uh, we, we we do encourage folks to listen to the less than sane portion of Total Mass Retain, <laughs> and, and we mm-hmm. invite you to compare and contrast and send us your thoughts. <laughs> take a poll so so just just a quick palaver recap then we um here came across total mass retain at the uh the yes uh fan fest at at yes 50 in philadelphia um and you guys were were performing that day it was it was our sort of first exposure to you and you know we were kind of smitten with with what you guys did it was it was just a great way to um to be introduced to you guys and what you do and and the fact that you know you guys that that set in particular you know right out of the gate and was so broad and covered such a wide range of um of of yes music it was it was spectacular very very cool and of course um Ken, being extraordinarily engaged and on the East Coast, has spent um, some not inconsiderable time with uh, with the band, right, Ken? Um, yeah, and headed up there soon. So, yeah, I've been to, to Brewski's twice. Uh, I'm planning for uh, a third, and uh, it, I, it's going to be fantastic. <laughs> and, of course, a lot of what drives our talking right now is, um, at least, you know, not that we we've always wanted to talk to you guys, but, but really what makes it, uh, you know, more pertinent or more, um, immediate right now is the upcoming prog stock and, and you guys being, you know, associated with that as well. So we certainly wanted to, to give that, a, a you know, a shout out and, and to you guys as well. Yeah. We're really looking forward to being part of that. Uh, really excited. Ken, are you like on the, on the payroll I, I, for well, Prog Stock? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm a pure fan. 
Um, <laughs> yeah, as much as I'm on the payroll for the palaver, let's put it that way. Okay. You know, like, well, yeah, <laughs> I, I know what that payroll looks like. <laughs> yeah, it's all it's all out and no end. But um, uh, yeah, this is a labor of love. I did uh, run into uh, Tom, one of the organizers of Pro. Frog stock at a uh, total mass retains uh, show at uh what's the name of the studio? S I R, right? Sire Studio, S I R, yeah. Yeah, down in lower Manhattan. So yeah. so I had already known we, we missed the one Prague stock, and I promised myself I wouldn't miss it again. So in in um in, 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 in talking to Tom, I got some deets and I, I have my, my my three day pass and uh I think now they're down to the, the the one day passes. I plan to check out every 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 bit that I can. And for, and for anyone who hasn't heard our uh, Robert Barry episode, we uh, we do a good job uh, talking about what he's doing at Prague Stock. So scroll back and take a listen to that one as well. Yes, fifty was amazing. So yeah. so yeah yeah. Do you want to build on that set? Uh, you opened with no opportunity, right? And, and, and frankly, we missed it. We, we admit it. We, we, we were schmucks that day. We were late for your, for your yes. We learned, quickly learned uh, uh, what, what the deal was with TMR. But uh, yeah, yeah. Talk about how you guys built that particular set, how you ended up playing for yes and, and, and the pieces that touched you while, while, while you were doing that set. Johnny, you want to go ahead? Yeah, I'll throw it in. Um, I guess everybody has input for songs and i think the premise for doing particular songs we did at the s50 is we couldn't really or didn't really want to play the same material that they were playing so we wanted we knew there was going to be a lot of diehard fans there so again we wanted to pick songs that they didn't do but we also wanted to reach deep in the catalog and that's why we like we brought out a brother of mine we opened up with no opportunity um you know, and it really worked well for us. People were, were kind of blown away by the wide range of music that we performed, you know, covering pretty much everything. Um, you know, even the band members themselves said, you know, well, we never heard you play this song. We haven't heard you play that song. You know, nobody's played that for a while. You know, those tunes. We speculated that you tried to get one from each album, if that were even possible. Was that a goal at any point? Mm, well, um, yeah, um, I guess it could be a goal, but. I mean, we only had a limited time to play, and you know that yes songs aren't really like three minute tunes. So <laughs> <laughs> they gave us like four songs, you know. Um, but uh, I think the main premise was to make sure that we weren't playing anything that they were going to do on tour, um, and try to you know get everybody pumped up for. You know, we didn't want redundancy, and I don't think guest management really wanted that either. So, so it, that's uh, kind of where we went with that. Did did. Did the yes management then communicate to you what the set list was, so you could purposefully stay away from that then, or? Um, I think Joey, you know, he's got some really great connections. That's Joey Casser, drummer, and we'll shout out to him. Mark Gonzalez, our guitar player, and Joel Simkes, um, amazing guys that Terry and I work with. But um, Joe, Joey has been a really, you know, personal friend with a lot of those guys and was in direct contact with management. And I guess that's the way they wanted to do it. And I guess that was great for us because we couldn't depend on like a lot of the material that we already knew. We had to really dig deep, you know, as Ter you know, Terry's will tell you that, you know, there's a lot of new material that neither one of us had played before. So it was a, it was a great experience rehearsing and get ready for this gig. And, and as, as the legend goes, that particular performance was your second performance as a band. Is that correct? 
it was our second performance live, I'm pretty sure. I ho hope I got that right. And what's even more interesting is that our guitar player, Mark, who is the wee lad in the band, <laughs> um, is the second, his second gig ever playing live, which I thought was great because he kept himself, you know, we're playing in front of, you know, all the members of Yes. And, you know, he, everybody kind of held it together. It was great. We got great feedback. You know, it was awesome. Happy. Mark's impressive, though. Yeah, and I remember when we we talked to Mark, and I was I was struck by his youth and the fact that he had, at the same time, such a, a an in depth understanding of of both Steve and Trevor, but but most most particularly Steve. Um, yeah, that was uh, that was really something. So, talk to us, uh, both of you, what it was like performing in front of the band themselves. I mean, as well as you know, not only present, but past members as well. I mean, you got, you guys had to perform in front of Yes Plus. Yeah. Terry, you want to throw something? Yeah, I'll, 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 I'll start out on that. You know, the, 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 the other members of, of Total Master Tain are, are incredibly well-versed in the, in, in Yesisms, in the history of Yes, in, in the full catalog and, and, uh, I'm kind of in tow, so you know I'm a lifelong Yes fan, who who uh, certainly knew the basics and loved and appreciated, uh, you know the, the the music of Yes. But when I met these gentlemen and they said, "Hey, you want to be our singer?" <clears throat> I really had to get my stuff together. Um, you know, they presented me with a lot of music that, quite honestly, I hadn't heard before, uh, and uh, I realized now how much I was missing missing out on. I mean, it's just 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 some incredible songs I hadn't been exposed to yet. And as as John was mentioning, you know, wow, uh, I think we did a gig, uh, a, a, and at that gig we did kind of the standards, you know, the the all good people and the roundabout, the long distance run around, and you know all that stuff I knew. But when we were presented with this incredible opportunity to play at at the um, down in Philly. Um, you know, suddenly those songs were taken off the table, and they said, "Okay, so you know, we're going to <laughs> we're we're going to learn a, a song named Sound Chaser." Now I know all of you are rolling your eyes. That that's a yes staple, but I had never heard it, and so I, I put it on my uh, I put it on my car stereo, my, and I'm just like, you know, what the heck? You know, it's, it's, <laughs> yes, we are mile away. <laughs> What's going on here? But um. You know, by the fourth, by honestly, honest to God, by the fourth listen, I was in love. I just said, you know, you begin to to uh, memorize the patterns and understand, that, you know, what's going on there, and, and just just incredible music. Um, and, and and brother of mine, you know, uh, there there were a bunch of different songs uh, that they said. Uh, Subway walls, you know, was another one that uh, I had never heard before. So it was a real challenge uh, as a singer. Um, you know, it wasn't just about you know doing your best to sound like john anderson it was you know an awful lot of memorization and, and lyrical memorization uh song melody memorization for me uh, in a very limited time to make that happen that's that that's amazing <laughs> so you you brought up subway walls and and this takes us to 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 john because we happen to be standing in a position just perfectly to watch jeff downs walk in as you're performing Subway Walls, and, and we had the opportunity to sort of enjoy his reaction to that. Um, you know, were you aware that, that he had come in, and, and did that have any impact playing Jeff's song in front of Jeff at that point? Or 
uh, you know, honestly, we didn't know anything, at least I didn't know from my perspective, who was there, because again, uh, kudos to Joey. Uh, he, you know, in a process of reaching out, he's, I guess, yes, management said some of the guys were going to come down. So, I mean, you hear that and I'm thinking, okay, I'm, I love these guys. I've been listening to them all my life. They're, you're not going to come down to see us. There's no way, you know, but you never know. So, and I'm glad I knew as little as I did. So we're, you know, we're playing. And, and the way, and it's funny because the way the stage is set up, I'm on the side that, you know, Rick Wakeman, you know, that kind of set up. So my back was kind of angled away from the, the entrance way to get in the place. I had no idea Tony K was there. I had no idea Patrick Morez was there. I had no idea, you know, Jeff Downs was walking up the stairs and says, like, you know, <laughs> Joey can do his English accent really well, saying, uh, I haven't heard, you know, Subway Walls ever never played live. So the funny thing about that whole thing, it wasn't really funny, it was awesome and on so many levels because I love the music. I love these guys. They, you know, there's a certain chemistry and um, everything sounds great. And here I am playing the music I love so much at with people that are just awesome, the S fans. And I was going to see Yes the following night, you know, Friday, Saturday night, and there was a possibility of them coming down to see us. So we open up with no opportunity. You know, Tony K's there, and as Terry, you know, we've talked about this, he thought he saw Tony K run out of the room, like, oh my gosh, but little do we know that Tony K comes back with a video camera and is filming the show. <laughs> what is really strange, too, is my son came along. He's a 12-year-old, so he's really into the music, surprisingly, for his age. And he's sitting pretty much right at my feet videotaping the band and myself playing. And then he catches the response of both Tony at one point, you know, filming us and back and forth. So that was a pretty that was pretty cool footage. And then we started doing Sound Chaser, and Patrick Mraz just went nuts with his <laughs> unbelievable! You know, it's just like, I got to see this on videotape with my son there, and it was just like, the whole package was awesome. So that, that, That's the trifecta. I mean, a hat trick. So it's Tony K, saw you do No Opportunity. Patrick Mraz saw you do Sound Chaser. And Jeff Downs saw you do Subway Walls. No one gets dealt that hand. I mean, right, just you, exactly. John. <laughs> And the gods were with me that day because I think I did pretty well for that gig, you know. So. <laughs> yeah, and, and but, I, uh, yeah, and Tom. I mean, Tom Brislin was there as well too. Yeah, hell yeah. Davidson. So Tom was using my gear afterwards to do like a you know a little solo gig, and he's the nicest guy in the world too. I and mean, he's playing with Kansas right now. But I mean, all these guys are so sweet, down to earth. Nobody's got any egos, you know. Um, Billy Sherwood came down, you know, so it was really, it was awesome. I just, I mean, every time I think about it, I get chills because it was just a great experience. So, you know, one of the, one of the aspects of that story that I just find so engaging and, and wonderful is the fact that your, your 12 year old son has enough awareness to pick out the fact that Tony Kay is videotaping you and Patrick Moraz. I mean, that's just, that's totally cool. Um, <laughs> that's awesome. You know, I, I I could put my kids in a room with yes, and they wouldn't know any of them, but that's okay. Grace, my my uh, nine year old daughter, might. I recently took her to her first ever concert, which was the Royal Affair tour, um, and she uh, she did really really great with that. But I like it was funny actually when when John Anderson comes out with, um, or I'm sorry, not John Anderson, John Davison comes out with John Lodge to sing "Ride My Seesaw," mm -hmm. and you know, Grace is Grace knew that there was some new new guy on the stage, but she's like, "Well, why is he there?" 
<laughs> like, it, <laughs> just pay attention. It will you. It will all make sense to you in, in a little bit. She's yeah. like, okay, cool. <laughs> and so when Yes finally came back out, she's like, oh, that guy. I'm like, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, we talked about, you know, John, you performing in, in front of three of the keyboardists of Yes. And, mm-hmm. you know, Terry's got, in in some respects, maybe an easier job in the fact that he has, you know, three singers, but the the portion of, of Trevor Horn and John Davidson in the catalog is, is relatively small. You have to, sir, span, you know, playing songs and styles of all of the different keyboardists of Yes, you know, from Tony mm-hmm. to Rick um, to Patrick to Jeff. Is mm-hmm. how do you approach that? Is that is that something that you think about specifically, or do you you know sort of Johnize everything? How do you deal with that? Um, well, I mean, we're a tribute band, and we're paying respects to you know the music. So I guess I think of a philosophy that we all have in mind is try to sound as close to the original as possible. So Joe, uh, Joey is either doing Bill Bruford stuff or Alan White and Joel is obviously doing Chris and, you know, Billy and some of the newer stuff and Terry is spot on with John Anderson. So, um, with the keyboards, um, I mean, I really try to go for the sound. I don't want to do like another version. My, my interpretation of what that timbre should be, or mine, it should be played on a piano versus an organ. I'm going to do exactly pretty much what I hear. I mean, there's some liberties, but, um, you know, I mean, these guys are very supportive. They're, you know, they're, I guess they're happy with my sound. Like if I'm doing Tony K, I try to go for that really dirty, grindy, awesome Hammond organ he has, you know, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and believe me, it's, it's difficult to try to get that sound because he had the whole Leslie and everything customized. So, and then you jump over to Rick Wakeman and he's got a certain style that you try to copy as far as sound and the way he approaches the keyboard with his technique. And then Patrick, oh my gosh, he's just like, he is probably, I would say, out of the three of the most difficult to to play. <laughs> melodies are so angular, and I mean, the band was off the charts during the relay or stuff, and a lot of that has to do with him. So, and then even the newer stuff too, with Jeff sounds, um, you know, just try to gravitate and try to do them justice by, you know, sounding like them and playing like them. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't necessarily envy you uh, having to do that. Sounds like a tall order to me, but uh, that's why I'm doing podcasts and not uh, performing in front of Yes, doing Yes well, music. It is. A, <laughs> it is a double-edged sword. You have to learn the parts, but then you're dealing with so many timber timbers that you have to now. You know, and some of the songs aren't right out of the box. I mean, some of the sounds aren't right out of the box. So there's a lot of work. And then I don't really go out with an arsenal of keyboards. I have two keyboards. Um, I have a mini MOOC here. I've got some analog stuff, but right now we're not really playing these giant places where I can set up like four or five keyboards to give that authentic look. So I have to condense everything in two keyboards. So I'm constantly splitting, layering. I'm doing all kinds of crazy stuff. And then I got to learn how to play the parts. Yeah. On top of that, you know, <laughs> little thing. On top of all that, yeah. <laughs> So, <laughs> and you know, the only thing the audience notices is that damn backwards piano and roundabout. That's all I really care about. <laughs> <you know? laughs> oh, geez. So unbelievable. So, so Terry, uh, you know, one of, one of, I think probably the hardest things to do would be to imitate the, the, the voice of John Anderson. How has, how has that journey been for you? 
trying to sort of interpret an, an almost incomparable voice? That, that's a that's a really great question. You know, uh, I've been a singer most of my life, and, and I've I've got a lot of um, a lot of uh, a lot of gigging days out <clears throat> with different bands, uh, mostly cover bands. You know, originals for a while. But what I noticed, you know, I, I, I'll tell you right off. You know, growing up, um, I, I was a big prog fan, and, and in my house, and you know, you got two older brothers. They've got the the Emerson, Lake, and Palmer on, and of course, we had the Yes on. And I didn't know back then I was a singer yet, but I'm listening to this and I'm taking it all in. I knew there was something very special about what Yes was doing. It was something. It was very different. Um, <clears throat> there was a kind of a, a magic quality to to what they were singing about, and 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 the music they were creating. Which I really, really appreciate it. And then there kind of came a point where, where, where uh, you know, Robert Plant, uh, one, one of my all-time favorite singers, you know, and I said, geez, I'd love to be able to sing like him. And then Queen was blasting and, and you know, the, the music of Freddie Mercury. So I kind of, you know, ran with all of the above. It is really hard to find people that can play yes, you know. And so I played with a lot of guys doing a lot of that classic rock venue. And, and you know, I've kind of got this high speaking voice and that translated into having a, a reasonably high range. And, and I was able to, to find some successes, um, you know, singing Rush and singing Led Zeppelin and singing all that kind of stuff. Um, but the funny thing is, is I would do these gigs and every now and then someone would come up to me and say, you know, you sound a lot like John Anderson. And I I was like, well, gee, thanks, but I was trying to sound like, you know, so-and-so. <laughs> that was kind of a repeating thing throughout my life. And um, and I think, I think you know, I, J John and I kind of were born uh, with similar vocal cords. And I'm not trying to flatter myself. I'm just kind of lucky that way. Uh, as you can hear from the way I talk, we um, we have some similarities there. So when, when you know, I was in a rock club and, and, and John and I met um, in a different um, – different yes tribute band we we both played briefly with called yesterday's and there were these two brothers two terrific musicians ray and rich corbo and uh, they had kind of gathered us down and that's where we met joe too and um so ray came out to kind of scout me out because their singer had moved on and and uh, he's he says you know after the show he's like well you've been singing do you think you can sing yes and i'm like i give it a shot you know I'll give it a shot so I, I i met i met uh I met those guys and we did a couple shows together and um, I, I, I think I did a pretty good job. Uh, and you were awesome, uh, what, <laughs> <laughs> what, what I can tell you is, is singing yes for me, singing John Anderson for me is very natural. You know, so when I sing Robert Plant, uh, I'm putting an affect on, I'm adding, I'm roughing, I'm, you know, sure. push, I'm pushing. But when you ask me to sing a John Anderson song, I just kind of relax, and um, and and I kind of it, it's more of a natural sort of way of singing for me. So it's it's been a it's been a real great journey. Uh, you know, I, I sing John Anderson differently today than I did at the first show because as I become more familiar with with uh, his music and and the different songs we're learning, you know, you begin to take on more of the nuances of you know what's he trying to convey. Um, you know, uh, and, you know, as, as singers know how, you know, how to end the note, how to hold the note, whether it is a vibrato or not. And, and it, it's, it's been a real, real fun journey. Um, the one other thing I want to say is, you know, I, I've done classic rock bands uh, lots of times and I, and I still sometimes do, and you get a very local crowd and that's normal. You know, you, you do a show in such and such town 
and the local people come out, but they don't travel too far. When I started playing with Total Mass Retain, the biggest thing I noticed was that some of these people were coming, not from two towns over, I mean, yes, but th they were coming down from Boston <laughs> to see us. They were coming from Philadelphia to see us. Some people were, were coming up from Florida to see us. And when I realized what was happening, I said, wow, there's really, really something special going on. And, and the, the neat thing about Yes fans is that, you know, at least the ones I've met are just the kindest, sweetest, you know, I call them friends today. I've, I've met such incredible people uh, uh, being part of Total Mass Retain. And it's a, it's a very strong bond that, that's out there. And I'm, I'm thrilled to be part of the, of the Yes family. I really am. Thanks for spelling that out. You, you talked about relaxing your voice, and it, it's part and parcel with, with, with the vibe that is so relaxed at a Yes show. Many generations, young and old, um, not a lot of attitude, not a lot of expectations. I'm sure that's why, Joe, you felt um, comfortable you know, taking your daughter to, the see, to see the Royal Affair tour. It's like, oh. Yeah, this is just like a carnival. People are pretty cool here. Yeah, kind of. There was actually, yep. um, you know, it was it was really funny there because the the demographic that you get at at Yes shows and certainly the Royal Affair tour can be pretty broad, right? Um, and yeah. and so there was there was a, a couple a little bit older than me who were sitting next to us. And at one point, Grace and I went out to, I don't know, I think it's when I went out to buy my Roger Dean print. And we're coming back because it was in between um, two of the sets. I guess it was between Asia and Yes. And we're walking back in and, and the woman, you know, sort of stops Grace on the way in and says, you know, are, are you enjoying this show? And Grace gives her a big smile and a thumbs up and says, this is great. And I'm like, that's my girl. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you know, well, my it, son. It, it's it's not like, you know, some of the concerts that you go to where you get some, you know, you get some knuckleheads and, you know, there's all kinds of behavior that you don't want. You don't really get that with with yes shows. And it's it's spectacular. Yeah, I mean, I have the same experience with my son, you know, taking him to a concert. And actually, he's helped me out, too, because he somehow got a backstage pass at one of the shows. And I had, you know, they have a soft spot for him. Billy Sherwin has a soft spot for him. And, <laughs> you know, so it's really great. But, I mean, you know, the same kind of experience you had, Joe, with my son. And he has a 12-year-old who picked up the bass. He's only been playing a year and a half. And the talent that he has right now is scary. I When I look at myself at 12 and I think where I was nowhere close and the funny thing he's not your 12 13 year old kid that's listening to today's music he's listening to the stuff that all of us love and the fact and it, not only does he love it but he knows about it you can have an intelligent conversation so he was you know i bring him everywhere i go terry will tell you he's at our rehearsals it could be 100 degrees he's sitting in the middle of the room with earplugs and listening he's picking up everything he's watching joel play the bass asking joel a million questions and um i just think it's great because when you look at it, like with even Joe Cass, our drummer, he really got immersed into Yes, courtesy of his dad, which is famously known as Mike Yes Fan. So, Mike, if you're listening, kudos <coughs> to you. And Joey's been going to concerts to, since, like, he's seven years old. And, you know, I think that's the thing that Terry is trying to make a point, is that the Yes music is such a loving, and it covers so many different emotions. And, and you've got young and old people they're still into it. And granted the changes in the personnel, but it's just like, 
I guess the word I'd like to use is like an institution, you know, it just keeps going and hopefully the band will keep going and growing and keep playing and doing whatever it's doing because whatever members are there, it's awesome. You know, John, John Davidson, John Anderson, you know, Wakeman, um, Jeff Downs. I mean, everybody contributed and they all had, uh, you know, a major role in perpetuating this thing moving forward. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. There is something decidedly special about Yes music. And I think that's what... Um, I think that's what made the, the Yes 50 so special because it was it, it was such a celebration of that, you know, and, and that just it seemed to translate um, with with a lot of clarity. I know when when we did our podcast after both of those shows, I mean, we even had a certain amount of energy at that point over the whole thing because it was it was special. If I might, really quickly, you know, I've been I've been to uh, different shows. Uh, not talking about yes, uh, other other bands, and, and sometimes the artists uh, can be standoffish, or they kind of, you know, uh, white glove you, or you know, uh, when when we were in Philly, um, you know, they were gracious enough to have us backstage, and really, that, it's that was my my uh, first exposure to to the various members of the band, and all I could say is they were just the kindest most gracious people I've ever met. Um, I had a chance to speak with John Davidson and just, just salt of the earth, kind, um, you know, warm. I uh, can't say enough about my experience of, of meeting the different band members. Really. It just, it was just a terrific experience and, and so thrilled that I was able, able to be part of that. And, and one of the things that, that, you know, I've sort of picked up on as we've been doing this podcast and, and, you know, we've, we've done obviously, the whole Yes Studio catalog, as well as a host of, of live shows, um, podcasts ab about it. And, and one of the things that, that I've sort of picked up on recently, it seems to be this camaraderie in the current lineup of, of Yes Official, right? Um, you know, I, one of the things that really resonates with me particularly is when Alan will switch back in for Jay Shellen and... I mean, at that point, Jay could go sit backstage and, you know, have a Gatorade or whatever, but but he never does. He's always on stage, you know, with his tambourine or, or whatever it is. It just, he, it, it seems to me like he very much wants to just participate in any way he can and, and support the whole thing. And I just, you know, I think that's cool to, to sort of see in some regards, the, the passing of the torch in the institution, John, that you were talking about, I think, is, mm -hmm. is maybe, you know, what we're seeing in real time. And I, I, I respect that and I enjoy that. I guess it works with these guys. I mean, some bands I could see it not happening. Like, you know, I'll just like Rush, maybe because they're a trio. Yeah. And they're very three strong pillars. I can see that. But Yes has been going through personal changes since day one. I mean, pretty much from guitar player to guitar player, then keyboard player to keyboard player. Yeah. So I guess we're, we're kind of used to it, you know? Yeah, it, it, it is interesting in that, you know, with the exception of, I guess, the latter, which was the one time they had six members. It's always been five, but it's very rarely been the same five. Ken, do you recall when I put together, you know, that little spreadsheet? I'm, I'm a scientist, so I like to put together little spreadsheets and tables <laughs> and stuff for this. And I want, 55. Yeah, I, I want to say that no single yes lineup ever put out more than three studio albums before there was a change. None of True. them. 
And, and so fun fact. Yeah. And most of the lineups just did two. And in some cases, one. Exactly. One album. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. 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 I, 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 I dig that stuff. <laughs> um, oh, boy. Uh, so, so John or Terry, uh, yeah. did, did you see the John Anderson tour or did you get a chance to see ARW? As they went around. Johnny, go ahead. No, I didn't see either one, uh, the ARW, or nor did I see John recently. I did catch some clips, you know, from the fans. And, yeah, he performs. He t puts a different spin on on his songs. Yes, songs. And um, the band sounded great. I mean, you know, ARW sounded great. I really like John's band. Um, but like I said, it you know, it doesn't really matter who's performing. You know, the whole tree of all those branches of all those musicians you know it's really kind of the you know the same thing but no i didn't get a chance to see them next time hopefully but uh you know from what i saw it was awesome you know and, and for me that's one of the things that i like um about yes music is that there is a certain amount of room for interpretation i guess to that so you know like one of i, I i'm a I'm a cynical, grumpy old man. So one of the things that drives me crazy about uh, Yes shows, the one thing is I, I personally don't ever need to hear Roundabout performed live again. I just don't. Um, and that's that's my own thing. I get it. You know, it's, it's me. Okay, I get it. But um, so I was kind of excited when John Anderson sort of took that and – you know, tipped it on it in its head and, and did some, some different things with it. Um, I know some other people in, in the podcasting community, um, our friends at yes, music podcast in particular, were not necessarily thrilled with that, but for me, it, it gave it sort of, you know, fresh legs a little bit. And I was like, all right. And, you know, one of the things that I find interesting is that yes, official, if you listen to their live catalog, you know, Steve Howe is also not afraid to take some liberties with some of these older songs as well. He doesn't do it probably nearly as often, and it's not probably as dramatic, but, you know, it does happen. So it, it seems all legit. John, uh, before we get too far off, uh, talk about your time with Annie Haslam. Oh, okay. Um, so Terry mentioned um, that both him and I were involved in a group called Yesterday's, a Yes Tribute band with um you know the two brothers ray and rich awesome band um and i had a good friend mike frash who was the drummer at that time and um he was very good friends with annie's keyboard um annie's keyboardist which was ray tessar and ray was an amazing player so um annie was putting something together really kind of small i think she had drums she had a uh, bass player and ray was playing keyboards but you know if you listen to renaissance you know this quite a bit of piano and orchestral things going on. So um, Mike Frash hooked me up. I went down there for an audition um, and my role in the band for, I guess, two years. And it wasn't really Renaissance. It was Annie Haslam was doing her solo thing. Her and Rave wrote a lot of the tunes. But we did cover a bunch of uh, Renaissance tunes, like, you know, Trip to the Fair, Mother Russia, Carpet of the Sun. Uh, so that was a lot of fun. Um, and uh, my role in the, you know, as I said, in the band was to cover the orchestral part. So we did that. We kind of were in the tri-state area uh, and we did, you know, some gigs in New York City. Uh, then she kind of seemed to get a little tired of the playing and touring. And she was really, she's really great at art. So she was doing some paintings for a while. She put the band on hold and then she brought it back and she wanted to do a, the Renaissance reunion, you know, and um, 
Yeah. Indeed, that was a few years back. I think I that saw was that. In like, yeah, it was like 1999, 2000, 2001-ish. Um, the weird thing about that, well, I shouldn't say weird, um, Brave and I and the bass player were trying to sing backing vocals. And Terry, you asked Terry, I don't, say, I don't sing a note in total mass retain. You know, I have enough on my play with keyboards. So here we are, two keyboard players with their hands full, trying to sing backup vocals to Annie. It was horrible. So I said, listen, <laughs> I said, Annie said, listen, you got to check it out. My wife, she hears me practice and she knows these songs. And, and Annie just kind of blew it off and said, oh, whatever, you know, in her high pitched English accent. And uh, she used to call me John Rick Wakeman. I was, you know, I was flattered. <laughs> <laughs> she could never pronounce my last name. So she says, oh, just go with John Rick Wakeman. And um, that was the way she did it. So anyway, she needed back. I said, listen, just call my wife. And, and I mean, she sang. And so my wife came up to the rehearsal and, um, and he fell in love with her. And, you know, she sang, the band vocally sounded amazing. So my wife was singing with us. And then we kind of, kind of did the family thing. Cause I'm like in 2003, my first daughter was born. And at that point when Annie decided to come back, I mean, I couldn't go to Japan for two or three weeks or whatever. So I think it, that's when Tom Brislin stepped in the band or David Sanchez for a little while. And then Tom went somewhere and then someone else put, filled his shoes. But it was awesome working with her, you know, and again, it's the yes connection that really kind of, when I think about it, that's what got me there, you know? Oh, that's awesome. Thank you. Thanks for sharing yeah, that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That, that's quite, uh, quite, uh, quite the story. I love, you know, the fact that your wife got involved. That's very cool. Yeah. So that was, uh, you know, it was, it was a really cool time. And, um, we just saw Annie probably six months ago. I have a theater where I live and, you know, she gave my wife a big hug. It was like mommy and daughter, you know, <laughs> really cool. They're down to earth and, you know, and again, those people are just as sweet as anything too. It's just that, I don't know what it is. It's just, um, it's just a great time and great experience with them. If we can go back maybe quickly to the set, right? Because again, you guys as a band are completely fearless. Nothing appears to be off limits to you. And there are five of you. So when it comes time to change up the set, which from afar seems to happen fairly often and, and slide in some new gem, how does that work? Is there is that a hard process or is there some sort of a Thunderdome death match that goes on? Or Terry calls all the shots. Terry? <laughs> <laughs> what he says goes. He picked all the yeah, repertoire. You know what's funny is, is, is both Mark and I have, have a, a, metal, a metal history, so... He'll start playing some scorpions on a guitar, and I'll start singing something, and and uh, we we just have the, the the funniest time in the middle of our of our yes rehearsals. But um, you know, Joe, Joe Cass, uh, who I consider kind of the the grounding member uh, of uh, Total Master Team, um, has sure. a big, has a big part in in what direction we're going musically. Um, you know, as as um, uh, as John mentioned, Joe is, uh, you know, not just a great guy and an extremely talented drummer, but he's connected out the wazoo. You know, he just, he, as since a boy, you know, young boy, he's been at all the yes shows, all the, all the members know him. Uh, yes management he has a relationship with. And, and as a result, um, he's been able to open some, some pretty cool doors for us and, and create some nice opportunities. Um, so, you know, having Joe, having Joe on our side it, has been invaluable. Uh, and so he certainly has suggestions about what, what might sound better. And, and uh, Joel, Joel, so you got Joe and you got Joel, Joel, the bass player, um, just an incredibly 
talented. I, I don't think I've ever played with a bass player as talented as Joel. And and, and the funny I'll thing is, is, the funny thing is, on par with his bass playing is his ability to distinguish the different uh, harmonies. And, mm -hmm. You know, and I, I've been a singer all my life, and, and you know, I'm 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 pretty good at it. And he just blows me away. He goes, no, no, no. You know, here's what so and so singing. You know, and, and, <laughs> you know, so I don't have to sweat it out or fake it. He's he's like, no, here's what everyone's going to do, and here's what you got to do. And he's just kind of got that whole thing down. So Joe and Joel really choose, I think, for the most part, um, the song direction, and and the reason I keep quiet uh, is also in part because when we went to Philly, they said, trust trust me on this you know i want you yeah you've got to learn nine songs you've never heard before in you know six weeks um and, and yes it's incredibly you know complicated at times um but trust trust us we're, we're in touch with the yes community and here's what they want to hear and by god they were right mm -hmm. you know what i mean so ever since that day i said you know what i'm gonna keep my mouth shut uh, i'm gonna learn <laughs> i'm gonna learn the music I'm going to be, I got to be the best John Anderson or best John Davidson I can be. Uh, and, uh, you know, this, this, you know, it, it's, it's more comfortable for me to kind of take the back seat. When I'm on stage, I step up, I do my thing and I'm, I'm thrilled to do it. But really from my perspective, the band direction, um, kind of falls in Joey's lap. Yeah, I would agree with that too. You know, I mean, um, I'm like, I mean, I know a lot of the repertoire and played a lot of the repertoire, but I like you know, to be challenged, do something that someone else might not do. So these guys come up with really cool ideas. You know, like Terry said, we were thinking, okay, we were, we were covering Subway Walls, but, you know, that covers, like, the last thing they did um, with Chris playing. Um, and then, you know, we even actually did a Billy Sherwood tune, too. Um, Open so your eyes. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, not... Uh, the More We Live. The More We Live, Let Go. Yeah, oh. we did The More We Live. What a so, beautiful song. I just totally about awesome. lost my yeah. crap when you guys performed that, by the way, but that's a different story. Beautiful story. Song. <laughs> it really you know, is. So, you know, we agreed on some of the repertoire. I mean, you know, Brother Mine isn't yes, but, you know, again, it's affiliated. But we just tried to spread it out and give the fan, fa you know, fan fest a wide variety. And, um, you know, these guys always throw out songs. And to me, it's a challenge. So it's not like I don't, I don't really care, you know, if they want to let's do this, let's do some big generator, let's do relay or whatever. It's all fun for me, so I'll play anything. Um, and I think, again, a lot of the music that was decided unintentionally was because we couldn't play what Yes was kind of currently doing. And that's what we try to do. If they're touring in the last two years, we try to stay away from that. Um, and I think doing No Opportunity was just like a kick in the you-know-what, because that song comes out nice and strong. That's a great opener. And ironically... You know, after seeing us and, you know, Tony Caven kind of threw that out talking. I said, oh, yeah, Joey's band. Uh, yeah, we, you know, we saw them do No Opportunity or whatever. We thought, you know, so they, they plugged that into their set. And so, you know, we saw them last time around and they opened up and like, you know, we kind of all chuckled. It was funny. But it was, you know, they opened up, they played it. It was awesome. And, you know, it's just uh, that was pretty, that was pretty cool. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah. Does anybody, and I, I just want to go back to the whole song selection thing, because I'm, I'm just curious. Does, does anyone in the band, like, are there, are there veto coins that anyone can put down? Has a song ever been vetoed? Or are you guys just like, yeah, anything in the catalog's fair game, let's do it? You can't, you can't believe that we all get along, is that? No, no, it, it's, <laughs> it, it, it's, it is not that at all. I'm just... No, I know, I'm only kidding. Yeah. 
I, I don't think a song has ever been vetoed. Uh, uh, John, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, and, and I think the nice thing, what I really enjoy about this band, it, it, you know, I, I know that um, there are, there's, a, there's, a, there's a number of very, very talented uh, Yes Tribute fans. I, I've, I've met some of the guys. Uh, I'm thrilled to be part of that community. They're all just, you know, they're pouring their hearts and souls into um, the, uh, this complicated music, and, and, and they all do a great job. Um, what I like about our particular uh, uh, Yes Tribute is that we we're, we we're not stuck in any you know time frame. Um, I, I like the fact that 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 all of us are willing to you know visit the songs you know from the first album to the last album. Uh, you know, regardless of, of what member was playing when or or you know, um, I've also bumped into people again. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a new hardcore yes fan and, <laughs> and and you know i i do bump into cynicism some people definitely have their particular view of what real yes is and what real yes isn't and, and i don't pass judgment on that who am i you know uh i just accept that that people have different views on on you know what yes is or isn't uh but total mass retain um you know we, we'll do anything we, we 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 embrace it all we we appreciate that you know, this is a vast volume of music uh, with with different artists, and and um, you know, we we we're not afraid to 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 tackle anything like you like you had mentioned earlier. Just like was... you said, Joe, about the the roundabout. You know, I mean, I don't want to go as far as if they don't play it, but I mean, we we want to, I you know, give a total experience. I guess that's what it is, and you know, we usually end up playing roundabout and all good people because those are the ones you know from the classic era that people want to hear. But then we also want to pull something out, as you witnessed at the S Fan uh, Fifty, that you know you would never hear. And we, I guess, we were going for the shock value, you know. Well, sure. But I mean, making sure who who would have ever thought they'd hear Sound Chaser played live? I would have never imagined such a thing. So unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I love playing with John, man. I've never met a more talented keyboard player in my life. I, he keeps quiet at rehearsals, you know, other than it, it's, it's too damn cold in here, you know, which happens sometimes in the studio in the winter. <laughs> but, uh, he's my like, hands hey, can't be cold. My hands are man. freezing. I, I can't play with my hands cold. Ask any piano player. I'll tell you the same thing. That's the only <laughs> time I've heard you complain. That is it. Um, boy, can he play, man. He, I just sit back and watch him, and and he he just creates he, he creates magic. You know, it's a, Thank you, Terry. Uh, that's, I, that's what I love about this band is everyone's so talented. And it's intimidating. It, in the beginning, it was definitely intimidating to me. I was like, okay, how do I, you know, are they, it will, how, how, do I, how do I make this work, you know? Um, but, but it has worked, and I continue to grow um, a, as a singer um, playing with such talented guys. You know, I learn a lot from them, and I learn a lot from the fans, and, and I learn a lot from each performance. Do you guys find yourselves listening to Yes more now than before Total Mass Retain started, or is it about the same? No, uh, me totally more. Um, and I kind of, we kind of alluded to this before when you were talking about all the keyboard stylings, because not only do you have the studio recordings, at least for me from a keyboardist perspective, and even at the band's perspective too. Um, there's so many different variations and yeah. live versions, different tours. So even if you took like a particular tour that Wakeman played on, it's, it, you know, and Joel always says this, listen to live versions. And he's right. And I've been doing it all the time because that gives you the real perspective of what these musicians are doing on stage. 
they weren't big on overdubs, but you know, like any other band, great band, they were great in the studio. And there are some overdub parts. And I'll be honest with you, they're tricky to play at the same time. But when you listen to these guys live, you can pick out the vocals. They do different things. Uh, Steve takes liberties, as you said. Uh, Rick takes liberties, but they still hold the music to you know that same standard where they're playing you know the, what you expect them to play. The, the breadth of recordings reminds me of, of something that I've been doing for, I'm going to say, probably half my life at this point. So at least once a year, um, sometimes maybe a little bit longer, but, but usually once a year, I will go into what I call my yestivals, where I literally <laughs> will listen to nothing but yes <laughs> for four, six, in some cases, eight weeks straight. Like I literally will play nothing else. <laughs> Because there's so many different varieties and options, and and you know it just there's enough there to keep me entertained for that long. So that just kind of reminded me of that. Like maybe that's what I'll start doing tomorrow. I feel it now. <laughs> <laughs> I constantly listen to it to the point where it's affecting my family. And for example, I'll, I'll go I'll go upstairs. Yeah, honestly, I'll go upstairs right now. My son will be passed out in his bed with his wireless earphones, and you know it's blasting out of those earphones, and he's dead out. Uh, he's got like, you know, <laughs> yours is no disgrace blasting through his headphones and he's got his yes playlist as he falls asleep and I'm taking his headphones off. And, you know, I mean, yeah, we're constantly listening to it. Live versions, this version, that version. It's all good. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> I want wonderful. I love it. Anything that we haven't covered here at this point? Well, I mean, I mean, I mean, I I have TMR bootlegs, so you know, I I got to keep up with all the yes and, and, and the TMR. It's, it's a big responsibility on my shoulders, yeah. So, <laughs> is it is it an appropriate time to to run down the announcement of the um of the uh, progfest? Oh, please, Progstock is is the reason for this episode. Yeah, yeah, we had a lot of gusto behind this episode. So, yeah, yeah, please, Terry. Uh, okay. uh, give us the deets. Sure. So uh, on October 10th, um, Total Mass Retain, which is our Yes Tribute band, will be playing at the world-famous Waiting Room. The address is 66 East Cherry Street, Rahway, New Jersey. There is no cover charge, and we have an expected start time of 9 p.m. approximately. We'll be playing two full sets of Yes Music. The event runs until uh, about 2 a.m., uh, people are welcome to come over a little bit earlier and hang out with us. That would be great. We always welcome the interaction. Uh, and Prog Stock is a full weekend event at the Union County Performing Arts Center in Rahway. If you would like tickets, you can go to progstock.com for those tickets. Some of the um, we, we're we're doing the the the, the night before uh, pre party. Event, yeah, pre party, right? And at the main event, um, bands like Saga, Nectar, Brand X will be there. Uh, good mm -hmm. friends of ours, Robert Berry, Discipline, Joe Denenson, and Stratospherius. And, of course, the amazing Rachel Flowers will be there as well. Um, so we're really looking forward to being part of that event. A great bill. Um, and I, I, I wish I could go back and see the Prague stocks pass. I understand I miss some great artists. But this one really takes the cake. Uh, I understand that uh, Robert Berry... Uh, is joining up with Rachel Flowers in a tribute to Keith Emerson. Wow! Uh, and, uh, so yeah, Robert's headlining. I believe is it is it is it Friday it's and Friday. then Brandex and Brandex is Saturday, and I believe the headliner Sunday is Saga. So that's pretty intense. Right. Correct. 
Right. And we, we'd really like to thank uh, Anne Rinaldi and Tom Palmieri uh, for making us a part of this event and, and also thank the House of Prague because uh, without them, you know, uh, we may not have had this opportunity. So thank you to all of those people. Thank you. So if you'd like to hear um, Total Mass Retained and you're listening to this broadcast and you're wondering, well, can these guys really play? Yes. John, where can they find us? We're, we're on uh, Facebook, Total Mass Retained Band. Is that right, John? Yeah. Right we play frequently at a bar called Brewski's, which is at 3718 uh, East Tremont Avenue in the Bronx. The show usually runs 7 to 10, so it's nice and early if you're uh, you know, a little bit older like myself. And uh, we, we have an incredible uh, show put on with uh, full lighting. Uh, Robert Russell, um, who's also a um, founding member of Prognosis, puts on an incredible uh, laser light show. I mean, it's just, I'm, I'm in awe when I look at some of the pictures. I don't really get the full scope of what he's doing being on stage at the time, but when I look at pictures of it afterwards, I go, you know, dear God, you know, this man's so an awesome. artist. So, you know, not, not, only, not only do you get to hear some great live Yes music, but there's a full lighting display, and, and we really take our, our sound people very seriously so that everything, everything sounds great. Uh, and, and Brewski's has been a great venue to us. Um, I think this Saturday we may be at the outside stage. I'm not sure, but it's a great place to see live music and, and great food and a great time. Fantastic. Well, we uh, we certainly wish you guys all the best. Um, it's been a pleasure um, getting to to know you and, and like for me being able to talk to uh, to you two gentlemen tonight. Um, getting to know you. I know Ken has has obviously very much enjoyed seeing you to the point that he keeps making the trek from Philly to, uh, to New York. So that's very, very cool. And, Thank you, Ken. And, uh, you know, I, I, I very much look forward to, um, you know, we're going to have to maybe do a debrief then after, after this gig um, for the, the, the Prague Stock Creek Party. <laughs> um, at the very least, Ken, I'm going to be looking for your uh, interpretation of what you saw, as well as we can talk about the whole Prague Stock. But if you know, if, if we want to get the whole band on and maybe talk about you know things that you experienced that night and uh, and throughout the festival, we would be very very happy to uh, to have That'd you, be awesome. your opinion. Yeah, it would be chaos though. <laughs> well, you know, hey, chaos is good. We embrace chaos when we can get it. A lot of times, you know, when we're doing an episode, we're we're looking for chaos and it turns out that we all kind of agree too much. So <laughs> Oh boy. Throw us throw us all in the same room together. That's yeah. right. <laughs> You yeah, know, and, and who knows? Maybe maybe it'll be some weekend when I come up there, Ken, and we can like do it in person. We can actually be in a room. That would be totally <laughs> exciting. Awesome. So, uh, all right, well, all right, well, bear bear with me here. I'm going to throw in a word from Steve Howe himself. Oh, so yes. we ask how we we ask how the material uh, is suitable for tributes and all these live shows and 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 and, and, and all this regurgitation through the years. But let's listen to Steve here. Um, this week, he said that he was delighted that Prague Magazine's Nick Shelton so enjoyed uh, his Yes show in North Carolina this summer. Uh, let me see. Uh, and, and someone named Johnny Sharp enjoyed the Yes 50 Live CD. And the comments are, is that soon is better than the original? That got Steve thinking, is that really even possible? And I, I direct you to the Yes official Facebook feed or the Steve Howe Facebook feed, and you can find this post and and read through it. And he substantiates why, for him personally, 
it's worth performing this material over and over again. And he gives credits to artists that influenced him, uh, including Kenny Burrell, including Rachmaninoff, including Julian Bream. You'd have to go through this. Uh, and, oh, Sketches of Spain from Miles Davis and Gilla Evans. Uh, some very great works here cited by Steve Howe himself. So take, take a dive, read it, and learn why it's, it's, it's such a joy to experience this music over and over. Fantastic. That's, that's, a, that's just a great way to end it. Thank you very much, Ken. John and Terry, thank you guys so much for, uh, for the effort that you've uh, extended here to be on the Palaver. Uh, we really do appreciate it. Look forward to, uh, to seeing more from you guys. So thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you. And and so yeah, thank you guys. At this point, I would encourage um, our listeners. Um, you know, if if you've seen Yes uh, or Total Mass Retain, Yes Tribute Band, or if you're going to Prague Stock, um, reach out to us. Let us know what your experience has been um, and, and what your thoughts on Yes music in general. We're always looking for um, you know some continued conversation around the the music that we love so much. You can reach us as always on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We are at Prague Paula, or search for Progressive Palaver on all of those. You're welcome to email us. Our email address is progpala at gmail.com. Um, Progressive Palaver is available for subscription and download on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. And we are, as always, hosted on SoundCloud. So, until next time, thanks for listening. <laughs>